Hello and welcome to episode 657 of The, the Bust. It is Tuesday, March 12th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, and I'm joined by Justin Mason. Justin, good day, sir. Good day to you, too. It's, uh, it, it, it's been a really long day for me. I've been pretty much up since Sunday. It's, this is awesome. Yeah, I don't know if you can call that a day. That, that, yeah. is, that is beyond a day at, at that point. It's like a um, day on Neptune. I, I don't know you, if Neptune you me rotates shame, faster. Or... You, you, like, I don't get a ton of sleep, and I, I wouldn't say I pride myself on it, but it's like, you know, people are like, how are you always awake? I was like, I don't, you know, I don't need that much sleep. I really can't, like, physically. I can't do a full eight. Oh, it would have I to totally be split could. up. I, no, yeah, like, my, no. my body just, uh, my my old ass back, I, I would just tighten up like the fucking Tin Man. Oh, no. When, and, and when I go done. to Tout Wars, the <laughs> thing I'm looking, I mean, I'm, I'm playing in the main event. Yep. Uh, I've got NL Tout. We got Foley's party on Friday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing I'm looking forward to most is a night in a hotel bed without any sick just children. Pat. Yep. Oh, that's that's got to be nice when you're a, a a new father yet again, still dealing with the baby who, uh, unfortunately, under the weather. So hopefully, yeah, got pneumonia. She's doing better sooner been... than later. Uh, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, hopefully she's now starting to get on the men, but this has been yeah, like two or three straight weeks of her being sick, me being sick. Um, and I remember I, that uh, happened to my niece, S- same type of deal where she was just couldn't catch a break. Goes from ear infection to pneumonia to this to that. And daycare is just, the worst. It's just, yep. uh, uh, though I didn't tell you, or like, I don't think I told you and I don't think I've said it on the podcast yet. I'm doing something fun in a couple weeks. Uh, I'm trying out for Survivor. I've got a casting call, dude, for for Survivor, and I'm thinking that I'm just going to run down what my we- like weekly schedule is. For yes, it and be like, you listen, you think these people don't sleep? Uh, I haven't slept I'll, since I'll like 2016. Did, have you told? Uh, have you have you tweeted Jen? She loves Survivor. Oh, I have not. She already loves you because y'all grew up near each other mm-hmm. or something. And and so uh, yeah. Well, and she grew up where I near where I live now. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's right. And and she of course she loves D because who doesn't? Uh, but the, you're just gonna score more points at every every passing moment. But the only negative thing you do is you try to steal her man. Her words, not mine. Yeah. No. It's I got to do what I got to do. <laughs> but that's awesome, dude. I hope I hope you get it. That'd be so. I would watch every episode without a doubt. Oh like, yeah. There'd be. I'd no... I'd either win or be the first person off. Like e- no, it's, nothing it's in between. Easily. Well, I'm, yeah. one, I'm a smoker, and like the one That's time true. they had like a like a big smoker on the show, dude went absolutely nuts. Like <laughs> in the first three episodes, because he was you know detoxing from from cigarettes. He was probably freaking mm-hmm. out. So, uh, but uh, I figure I could lose some weight. There you go. Automatic diet right there. Quit smoking. Yep. You know, can't and smoke for thirty nine days. So yeah, you could be edited into the funny guy. Yeah. So. You know, well, yeah. that'd be, that'd be awesome, I, like to, I like to talk trash, so like, which is exactly. perfect for that show. You're definitely not afraid to do that. Well, we're gonna be talking some pitching today, Ooh, including some trash, trash pitching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're on the second half, so there's gonna be some there's gonna be some crummy guys down there. But uh, let's just dive right into it because uh, we've got a pretty big list here, and, and like you said, you are running on fumes. And you got to go pick up your daughter anyway, and then hopefully try to get some sleep. So let's uh, start with a couple check-ins here on some guys about Luis Severino. Got a cortisone shot. He's certainly feeling better. Now, obviously, that doesn't cure anything. That just makes uh, a person feel better. So I guess it's 
good that that he can you know lift his arm with no pain. He's going to remain shut down for another week and a half as of uh, excuse me as of the eighth, so about a week basically because the half week is, is covered. As we've kind of moved on now, we're we're a couple weeks clear of the initial situation with the inflammation in the, in the rotator cuff for Severino. Where are you on him as far as where you're drafting him? Has anything changed? You have battle tested some some drafts, including a uh, a main event qualifier. What what are you doing with Severino right now? Yeah, we had a main event qualifier last night. Friends of Nancy Benefits took over. Fifteen of us took over a main event qualifier awesome. last night. I think he went sixty six to Smata. Okay. Uh, which he had already had Degrom on his team, so he went Degrom Severino as his, his top two starting pitchers, that which is, is yeah, it's sick if it works out. My fear is that cortisone shots work for some people, and some people they feel great for like two or three days, and then the pain returns. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's he's really far down my board. I, I think if he had gotten back to me. I think around like pick seventy something, I might have taken the shot on him. Though I had already taken, I had taken uh, uh, Cole and uh, and, and Bueller, uh, and Bueller right. already. Yeah. So you know, as my my third starting pitcher, that would have been you know well worth the risk. I just I don't agree. know that I can take him as a number one. I, and that's where I'm at. And so I've got to move down. I should have my uh, my updated SP rankings out either today uh, or if not, definitely then tomorrow. And he certainly moved down uh, a decent bit for Severino. I think he's in the early 20s. Uh, that's where I'm at right now. And, you know, if, if he's around, say, Kershaw and Darvish, all three have massive upside and some injury Concerns hanging over them. Obviously, Darvish uh, is returning from injury, so it's not something that's outward right now that we're that he's dealing with anything. But you know, we we can't just say, "Oh, lock in two hundred, he's good to go." And of course, we know everything that's going on with Kershaw. So, but I think it, like I, one of the, I was on the Baseball HQ Radio podcast uh, yesterday, mm-hmm. and we were talking about tomorrow. It's a, it came out today, today? actually. Today, so, yes. Uh, and I I talked a little bit about this because. You know, we talked about it with Eno, uh, and he kind of talked about, well, Strasburg isn't going to throw 200 innings. He's going to be injured at some point. But in the possible realm of possibilities, Strasburg could throw 200 innings. We know that Severino is not. And so it's hard. Well, because he's going to miss some time, right? Yeah, he's going to miss something. You know, we expect Strasburg, we expect Darvish maybe to miss some starts. But it's in the realm of possibilities, though a small one, that they don't. And so I, I have a really hard time taking Severino over guys like that. I think Darvish, I'd mm-hmm. still probably take Severino. Uh, but it, it's really Darvish. hard to make the argument that Severino should be going ahead of some of these guys uh, because we know he's going to miss time. There's no way he is getting to 32 starts or 200 innings. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's already set then, that, that he's not. And then we have, like, what – I mean, obviously, I don't want to equate it to Jimmy Nelson, but you know, we thought Jimmy Nelson was coming back in June last year and then never came back. Mm-hmm. That's in the realm of possibility, too. We know that Darvish is starting the season. We know Strasburg is starting the season. Yeah, no, nothing has happened with those guys uh, to say that they won't. Uh, so how about Kershaw versus Severino, then? 
I, I take Kershaw. I'm I'm coming back around a little bit on Kershaw considering where he's going. I mean, we saw him. Like, he's a guy that is – I don't think I'll get him at NL Tout because Derek Hardy feels even more strongly than I do. And he loves the Dodger pitchers, including yeah, Kershaw. But he went for 20 bucks at NL Labor. If he's yeah. available for 20 bucks at, at, at Tout, uh, I'm going to have a really hard time not going 21. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm with you there on, on Kershaw specifically, and I do have Kershaw uh, ahead of Severino right now. I, I didn't tank Severino, but I've got him in a realm where I'm, I might not get him. We'll see. You know, a lot of drafts coming up, so we'll see on that. Um, let's jump down a bit, and, and this was battle tested in, in that qualifier you're talking about, mm-hmm. and uh, he was way low. The latest on Mike Tanevich is he's been officially ruled out for opening day. Uh, the elbow is barking. There's no timetable even for when he's going to throw off a mound as of four days. So this one is 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 way worse. And you said he went super late yesterday in that draft. And so, what about you with Fulton Evich? Is, is there a spot where you're ready to jump in, or is no, it a full I'm stay completely away? Completely out. I'm completely out. And he and I mean, pretty much the entire draft last night. Uh, the that friend's Vance benefits draft was out. I think his ADP was like 82, or at least that's what it was listed in the draft room. Uh, and I've I'm I'm looking for him on the draft board, but I think he went about 166th. Wow! Which at that point it's like okay, take the gamble because he's free, but you have to make sure that, especially if you're like in an NFBC league where you don't have DL slots, uh, you got to make sure you you're the rest of your team can handle mm-hmm. that. And I, I knew my team couldn't. The way my, <laughs> I drafted my team last night, uh, I, don't, I don't have any room for any injured players. Uh, so it was. Uh, I think, yeah, I think people are gonna have to really kind of back off. And if you want to take the gamble super late, and you've got a team that seems pretty healthy going into the season, I guess you take that shot after 150. But that's that is a big if for me. See, I was already laying off um, on on Fulte just because I didn't really want to pay full price for what he did last year. And I, I think there are some positive things. I definitely could see a scenario where he improves swing strike rate and, and makes uh, makes his strikeout rate a little bit more commensurate with his whiffs there. But he still walks a good number of guys. It, it was very clearly a career year last year, and I just didn't want to pay full freight for it. And, of course, this injury now makes it easy to completely lay off, and, and that's what I'm going to do. And my ranking will uh, almost undoubtedly reflect that. There is a price, right? There's always a price. And and the price that you're talking about there, what did you say? He went like 165? Yeah, I'm trying to find him. Oh, maybe he went higher than that. Uh, let's see. He went at the beginning of the 12th round. Okay. So uh, And that's a 15-teamer, right? Yeah. So, so that, you start getting around there. Oh, so yeah, so know. that is like 160. Yeah. Or one, um, it's almost. 165 just to get through 11 rounds. So Yeah, so 166 is where he went. At that point... I, I, I would. There is a point. There is a point for Fulton Nevich where I, I, I can't turn it down. But well, here's a question. It, so he, he goes, and the next pick is Nathan Eovaldi. I, I'm an Eovaldi guy. So yeah. So I just even even with the like 135 that you have to Ross, pencil Ross in right Stripling now. Ross went after him. You know how I feel about Ross. Jimmy Nelson went after him. And you know how I feel about him. That's the literally three spore favorites right there. And I'm just yeah. I, I'd rather have those guys it's there. A, um, 
pretty much without a doubt. So, yeah, it, it's just not going to work this year. Again, it's one of those year. guys that you just don't – like, we could find out two weeks from now that he's having Tommy John. Like, yep. you may get nothing out of that pick. Now, yep. I mean, it's such That's a huge team. discount. It might be worth it, but – like I said, you, you, it's 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 largely due to team construction. Like if you've already yep. taken uh, a guy like the next guy we're going to talk about, Andrew Heaney, or the guy we just talked about in Luis Severino, you can't take the risk on you know another guy like that. No, especially not in NFBC, and and that's that's the problem. Uh, Andrew Heaney, you know, he struggled with injuries uh, throughout his career, and, and again dealing with something. Walked off the mound uh, after just two thirds of an inning uh, with elbow issue he threw 25 pitches before being replaced he also threw 20 p- pitches and oh wait wait wait, wait 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 sorry i thought that was an injury that that was planned it looks like he was scratched due to inflammation mm-hmm. in the previous start excuse me i had my timeline wrong there so this was planned to just throw 25 and then threw another 20 in the bullpen um but now he's behind schedule at, at mm-hmm. this point for andrew heaney so have you moved him down um am i correct that prior to this when he was presumed healthy you really loved him yeah 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 huge andrini guy uh yeah i mean you have to move him down Uh, he's not gonna be ready uh who knows if this is some sort of bigger issue uh heath went from uh i don't have his player page up but i believe he threw 21 innings in 2017 and then threw 180 uh, and that was his first full season back from Tom, Tommy John. <laughs> yeah, so uh, there's definitely some risk. I really like the way he pitched. I know he struggled down the stretch, Me but he, he, you know, he, he did all those innings coming off of Tommy John, so kind of expect him to slow down. This is really troublesome because the, the big risk of throwing that many innings uh, is that you And the just, elbow's barking. Yeah, that you re-kind of injure uh, the elbow, so... I'm going to push him down, but I'm hoping that that happens in drafts in general. Yeah. Um, and I did and take him last night in, in that in that <coughs> main event me. qualifier. So uh, I took him in the 12th round just after uh, Fulton Evich. So about, what, 170-ish? Yeah, something in that range then. And I can get in at, at that price. I had him ranked much higher for Andrew Heaney. And so just to get the timeline out there, because I did have it a little bit wrong, obviously – uh, came in, elbow was barking a bit, uh, was scratched from a start because of inflammation, and then threw this 25-pitch, uh, quote-unquote, we'll call it a start because he did start the game, but it was a couple batters, and then he threw was an another opener. 20. In the, yeah, he was an opener, exactly. He was he was just essentially an opener, and that was on March 8th. So he's behind schedule for Heaney, and you, you got to move him down, but I think the market's going to be willing to do that too and, and move him down quite a bit. So the price... There's definitely a a price where I will jump in. I will. I won't have an issue just saying, you know what? I'll take this shot here. What about uh, let's say, well, Heaney, Fulty, just off the top. Which one would you prefer? Uh, Heaney. Okay, and then Heaney versus say Sunny Gray. Heaney, you know I hate okay. Sunny Gray. I, I know. I just want to test you. Just want to see where you're at. Heaney versus uh, Spring Standout Matt Strom. Okay, but I like. I mean, we'll talk about Strom later. I like Strom. I just, 
I Heaney don't versus know. teammate Skaggs. How about that? Well, Skaggs got his own issue. I mean, I so it's, it's got to be Heaney for which, me which, still. Which one? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah which, 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 issue, which issue scares you least? Um, so uh, typical Angels stuff, man. They just can't yeah. catch a break in terms of – That's the of... tough part too because they need, they need to stay healthy and they have like a legit shot I think at a wild card. Um, no, but they need they so much health from that pitching. And and that's the problem. When Matt Harvey's your ace, uh, he's not their ace. Andrew Heaney is. Well, he, he might be if Andrew Heaney's out for a long time. <laughs> Trevor Cahill, rock solid. Oh Jesus! Uh, all right, so that's that's a little injury update. Let's get into uh, now. We didn't go in the specific like ADP order with Eno. We bounced around a lot, so we're just bouncing around again here. We're going to start with Patrick Corbin. He's moving over to uh, Washington on the heels of a big deal. Uh, he doesn't have to be the guy. Because uh, obviously they have Max and and Strasburg, so that's kind of nice that you can kind of come in, settle in, and not have to really worry about uh, you know trying to earn your your paycheck or, or the full contract every time out. Of course, you want to earn your paycheck, but six years, one forty, one hundred forty mil. I'm somebody who lays off on the first year of a big deal. Um, the the data shows that they're they're generally a little bit worse. That's probably just normal regression anyway, because if you were good enough to get that deal, that you probably just bounce down. But that's exactly what I expect here is him to just have some normal gravity kick in because Patrick Corbin just came off of a career year. 315 ERA, 105 whip, uh, insane strikeout rate thanks to that slider usage, incorporating that little slow curve as well, 246 strikeouts. So I'm probably just passing because I don't really know where where he's going to regress to. I would think kind of like mid threes and still have plenty of strikeouts, but a higher whip. What are you doing with Corbin? Ooh, I, I'm staying. I'm, I've never been a Corbin guy, uh, and I and I ate my okay. words a lot last year. Anyways, uh, the move is one thing too, uh, and something we haven't necessarily talked a ton about, or at least I haven't other, heard other people talk a ton about. Uh, is aside from the the weird velocity dip midseason, yeah. it just he did, all of he a sudden he went from at the end of April he was throwing ninety two six, and then the next week, 89, 89, 90.2, 89.88.9. And, and everyone then, was waiting for the bottom to fall out yeah, because of it. And then all of a sudden he gains it slowly back starting in August, uh, and by the end of the season he's throwing 92 again. I don't know what that was. I don't know if that was a conscious decision or if something was bothering him and he just ended up pitching through it and, and – Coming back. Either way, I mean, this is a guy who has a history of a Tommy John on his on his record. Uh, mm-hmm. He is moving to a new ballpark, and th- the thing I, I was alluding to earlier is, uh, I think he really benefited from the humidor last year. I think that really sure. helped him get feel for his pitches, and that's one of the reasons we saw this kind of re breakout. I don't want to call it breakout because he's broken out before. Uh, and so I worry if he doesn't have that all year. Will he be able to continue the gains we saw last year? And it's not that I don't. It's not that I'm saying he can't. I don't know if he can. And so, like you, I'm just brutal division of, too. It's yeah. It's it, it's a division that got much better too this off season. Yeah, and so you know he's on one of the one of the great teams, but uh, and, you know he gets to face the Marlins. But the other three lineups, nothing to just roll over there with the Giants. Excuse me, the Giants with the Braves. Uh, Phillies and Mets there for Patrick Corbin. So 
you know, just think the price is a little too high for what I'm willing to pay. He's going off as the let's see where it's at. And that that uh, Phillies lineup is gonna. Whew, that, that, oh my gosh! So it's many insane. good righties in that lineup. It's insane. And then Harper He's right the, in the middle of it. Yeah, it's just. 14th pitcher, 14th starter off the board. Uh, just, that's way higher than I'm paying. Well, and, and does that include Severino, who's yeah. dropped? And yep, you're right. I mean, and, so like uh, we're, we're talking about, you know, we're talking about guys above him, and so he's really probably closer to the 12th starter coming off the board. And I just, I don't want him leading off my rotation. If if I'm taking like him and another guy, I'd feel a lot more comfortable, but. There's guys going behind him that I just prefer. Same. I would just rather go with Strasburg, Tyone, um, wait a little Clevenger. bit, get Jack Flaherty. You know, Flaherty. Just, so. Yep. There's ju- there's just way too many guys. And again, it's not even that I think he's going to completely flop. And so if Corbin puts up like a 480, I'm not going to say ah, I knew it because that's not what I'm predicting. But I'm I'm more I in totally the mid to high threes. What? I said I totally will say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just more in the mid to high threes. Uh, solid volume, yeah. uh, good strikeouts, but not not my not my ace at, at all. Uh, what are your expectations for Masahiro Tanaka? Are you are you, are you a believer uh, of of past and going into this year? Where where have you been on the Tanaka train? I don't think I re- accurately recall he's if a, you're a believer. Yeah, he's a guy that I've kind of just been met on okay. uh, in the past, and I'm kind of meth this year. I haven't gotten any shares at this point, and I mean my my drafts have are now no longer a small sample. I think I'm 17 yeah. or 18 drafts into the season. So uh, at this point, I don't have any shares. I don't anticipate – well, one, I can't get them at NL Tout. Yeah. So that that's not going to happen. Main event. And then I, do you have anything else after that? No. I just, so, yeah, so I'm 20 drafts deep at this point. So um, you have one more draft where you could even get Tanaka. Yeah, and I just doubt he's going to end up on my team. Not that I think that there's anything wrong with Tanaka and uh, – I think he is appropriately priced. Uh, mm-hmm. I just don't see any sort of big step. And I think there's other guys going around him who have the ability to take a big step. Sure. And so it's just it's an unsexy profile. That's fair. Uh, I've always been a Tanaka believer. I do like that that he's you know had 26, 25% strikeout rates the last two years. The innings uh, aren't really there. He is one of those guys that you really should pencil in like a 160 uh, after hitting 200, well, not even technically, one and two-thirds. In 2016, it was uh, 178 and a third, and then 156, usually for about on the DL. His homers, because of that splitter, uh, you're just going to hang some splitters. It's, it's just it's just guaranteed, and it's going to cost some homers. However, um, thankfully, he doesn't usually walk, guys, so if the hits, if the hits depression is, is solid – they're not damaging homers that make him a you know four eight ERA. They were damaging homers in 2017, but all the other years of his career they haven't been. That's why Tanaka has a career 3.59, 110 ERA WHIP combo. <clears throat> Excuse me, still kicking this throat thing here, but almost done. Should be good by the time I get to New York. Uh, but I do like the strikeouts and, and the WHIP, and it's one of those guys where <clears throat> he does have good WHIP, and he mm-hmm. should probably get more credit for that. But we've talked about this. I talked about it on a solo. I think I talked about it with you and Eno. Where it's kind when of they a have lost the, category, yeah, when they have the the mediocre to crummy ERA and good WHIP, it it doesn't get as valued as the inverse. It's the where, runs of pitching. Yes, 
and I think it should be valued more because you're actually showing more skill, I think, to maintain a quality whip as opposed to a quality ray. But but if somebody has like a, a 320-130 combo, uh, you know, everyone's all in on that. It's If it's 375-113, it's, it's not as hot for some reason. I don't know. So I do like Tanaka. Uh, I could I could still get some shares. I don't have any yet. I don't have any problem with his price. I am completely fine on Tanaka is what I'll say. Uh, let's move on. Can 35-year-old Charlie Morton pop another 150-plus innings? And what is the likelihood of you betting on him doing that? Mm, I think he can. Like, I, I'm not necessarily saying I'm going to end up. I don't know that. I think I've got him in a best ball league uh, or two. Uh, but uh, I don't know that I want to deal with it in season regular season log uh, as much. I just worry about the injuries. Uh, but, I mean, he's done 146 and two-thirds and then 167. So 150 seems like the perfect medium. Yeah. Uh, so, and. I don't see why he wouldn't be able to. He's been able to stay healthy enough to get to those marks the last two years. Uh, I like the park change. I, you know, it's a decent team behind him. I think I think it was on a solo pod you made the uh, comment about you know if they use an opener in front of him, go ahead. Like it'd be uh, elite. Yeah. So like I don't have an issue with that at all. Uh, and I don't think he's overpriced. I really thought that maybe he would jump up. Uh, so he is a guy that maybe I'll look at uh, potentially at the main event, uh, especially if I see him. You know, people get ageist, and uh, a draft like the main event is similar to some industry drafts where people want to jump up and take their guys to make a statement. And Charlie Morton is one of those guys that can tend to fall in those kind of formats because people don't want the 35-year-old. Yeah, I, I, I can't uh, really add anything to that as far as Charlie Morton goes because I agree wholeheartedly. Definitely open to taking him, have some shares already, uh, would get more. If they did an opener, sign me the hell up. I, I, there's no universe where that would be bad. Um, I don't think they're going to with Morton, but if they did, you know how many more wins that could be for us? Yeah. I mean, um, just look at what Harbro did. Yeah, like, what, he got 16 <laughs> wins last year? Yeah, and Charlie Morton's better. So – there's no universe where that wouldn't be incredible uh, for Charlie Morton. But I think you'll get, you know, even if you only get a buck 30, they should be really good. You'll get the replacement value more often than not because he does have, you know, set DL stints. It's not really like scratches here. And, and it, it, it's usually pretty set when he misses his time. It's not as uh, annoying as like Strasburg can be, where he leaves a start early on a Tuesday, so you miss him for that perceived second start on the weekend, and then he comes back more unexpectedly, so you don't get that start. Like it always just seems to be disjointed with Strasburg. Seems like when Morton gets hurt, he goes on the DL for next amount of time. You get a replacement in there. Bada bing, bada boom. But he's been great the last two years. I expect him to be pretty solid again this year, and I'll take my uh, fair draft price uh, and, and roll with him. Will Luis Castillo's spring push the price down? He's got like a 17 ERA or something over <laughs> like five innings or whatever. But, you know, will, will, will the fence sitters and detractors want to push him further down for Luis Castillo, or will he just kind of um, maintain the fence sitters and detractors weren't taking him anyways, so I don't unless well, someone the fence has, sitters might have been the detractors probably were. no because there's 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 one uh, you know there's one truther in every league 
uh, and it's usually you or me, uh, since we're in so many leagues, we, we kind of monopolize uh, the industry. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not backing off necessarily. Maybe I'm not popping I'm not. in quite as early as I have been, and I've gotten a number of shares, but uh, I don't I don't think there's any reason. It, it's, it's spring training, people. Let's not overreact one way or another. I think he'll be fine. But isn't it fun to pick and choose what we pay attention to? Of no, course, and, that, I, well, and that's what we do. I know, like, it's so bad. It's bad. It is. Uh, but I'm just, he, you know, he could, he could be working on things. I think He's that's, still got seven strikeouts in four and two-thirds. I am just, I, I'm, I'm just not worried. I mean, he's got three walks as well, but like. And, and I'll be quite whatever. honest, I haven't seen the outings. Me gym. neither. And Me so, neither. It's, it's, all, it's all box. I, I'd only heard about it elsewhere. Um either on MLB Network or on a podcast. Somebody just had mentioned that he had a high ERA. I, I couldn't possibly yeah, care less. Yeah, he got knocked around in his last start a little bit. Uh, but, I mean, that could be him working on, you know, maybe he, maybe he's trying to work on, you know, his changeup or his slider yeah. or, you know, just, it's just popping sliders left and right. You know, it, it, I, I'm I'm unmoved by it. I knew you would be. I just wonder if if maybe it could push that price down a little bit for us. Yes, please that. stop taking Luis Castillo in, in main events, people. <laughs> Absolutely. Are you uh, are you buying low, so to speak, on Chris Archer? This is as low as he's been in years. Um, are you are you jumping in? Uh, I haven't yet. Uh, I may though, because he does look really good. He finished the season strong. Uh, <laughs> So you know, I, he's working on a, a new pitch, right? Yeah. So it's just – I feel like maybe I should get one share. Like I've been completely out for a couple of years. I mean I, I roasted him going See, I've into been last in. That's the problem. Last season. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I should get the, that, that one share just in case because I've been in so much. And if he does turn around, I don't want to be – on the outside, looking in at yeah, you don't want you don't want to be my version of Jimmy Nelson, where you were exactly. in for so long, and then you finally said, "I'm done with this," and he breaks out, and he breaks out. Yeah, yeah so, so uh, I mean, I was the guy who, the, you know, this is what started the, the the me and Sandy Cashmere feud, which is which has been worked out, and uh, and uh, uh, you know, we're, we're buddies again. But uh, was me saying that Chris Archer you know, wasn't very good. It wasn't as good as his name value. And then, of course, the Rays were going to suck, so he wouldn't get wins, which was really stupid of me to say. Uh, but uh, he, you know, he did make improvements uh, with Pittsburgh, and he has looked good so far in spring training. I may try to get a share either at NL Tout or at uh, um, at the main event, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to overpay for it. So, uh, you know, if, if if it falls in the right price range for me, uh, I may grab a share. But I, I color me intrigued at least. Yeah, I, I think that's the same. I came into the season, had him down. I was like, you know what? Let's move. Let, let's move off this a little bit. And as the season's gone on, I'm like, you know what? I'm not. I'm not going to quit him. The market seems to be pushing him down and saying, you know, we, we've done this for, for so for so long. Let's move off. <clears throat> I'm not quitting him. I think I'm interested in uh, in seeing what's what with the Chris Archer share. Like I said, get 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 at least one in case there is a a rebirth. And again, I think he's working on like a curveball. Do I have that right, or is it is it a changeup? Uh, I don't know. I'm not Jason. Yeah. <laughs> uh, reintroduce a two seamer and a curveball. Yes. Okay. So he has been. Jason needs to put that on the uh, new pitch tracker because I don't think it's on there. So I'll have to. Sure. Uh, 
text him. What a what a terrible guy. Uh, all right, favorite lefty veteran, Jay Happ, Cole Hamels. Pick one and why. Do I have to pick one? Yes, because it's on the list. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I think that that's basically. I'm telling you. I'm telling you what your pick is. I think you're saying then Cole Hamels because he's just the cheaper one. I, I guess that's what I'm saying, but like I know he like Cole Hamels was fantastic in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, 76 innings, uh, almost a, a strikeout in inning, uh, 236 ERA. Uh, really limited the homers. Uh, moving away from Texas to Chicago. Uh, that being said, I don't know how much I buy that uh, being sustainable heading into uh, 2019. Uh, the NL gets another look at him. Uh, I, he's old. I don't like old. I, I, I like some. You're ageist. I, I'm ageist when I'm not because I just said I like uh, Charlie Morton. Um, who's going higher than both of these guys and is the same age. Uh, but for some reason, I have some sort of vendetta against Cole Hamels. Uh, and I, I have for a long time. I've been out on Cole Hamels for, for a long time. So, mm-hmm. I get, no, you know what? I'm going to take J.A. Happ. Just, I, I feel a little bit better about the, the range of outcomes. Okay. I don't know why. Well, because he's been really good. I yeah. mean, he has been like really solid um, for the last couple of years now, and, and he's added some strikeouts. He's got a really, really good fastball. And really <clears> good offense behind him. Yeah, he's going to get doesn't him walk some guys. Wins. Um, you know, he's got 170 plus innings in three of the last four years. 145 in the off year, and uh, his WHIP was a little high that year too. So that was kind of the bummer year of the. Uh, of the quartet, so and he's been living in the AL East, you know, for pretty His much since career. 2013. Yeah, outside of the little jaunt over to uh, Houston, mm-hmm. and then the the dual jaunt of Seattle Pittsburgh in 2015. But otherwise, he's been living with the Jays. So at least now he's on one of the better teams of that division. And so, <clears throat> God, this is pissing me off <laughs> so much dude i cannot <laughs> talk and i don't know why i'm just okay another another veteran left rich hill or john lester uh lester i think okay i actually you know it's really team lester's in, basically lester's innings or hills yeah and upside that... which i know sounds weird to say for a 94 year old yeah but he puts up good shows he does i mean when Hill is healthy and on the mound, he's been pretty good. Yeah. Except for there was a stretch last year where he was atrocious. Um, there, there always is though, mm-hmm. and 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 that that makes. But then his, you look at the overall numbers, and you're like, well, makes, that's what makes it so impressive because he doesn't have enough innings. You would you wouldn't think he has enough innings to fix it, but he always seems to. I mean, always. We're talking three years now of this. We're, we're talking success. a fifty inning <laughs> difference. The, the underlying numbers for Lester are scary. Uh, yes. And that's there. the one thing that's having me. Uh, because considering dude won 18 games at a 332 ERA, uh, people should be like flocking over him. But the, the 131 whip, uh, the FIP and XFIP show that he should, you know, should have had a much worse season, almost a, a overrun difference on both. Uh, strikeouts have steadily declined. Uh, it seems like he's figured out how to throw to first uh, while sacrificing how to throw home. 
So I'd, ra- I'd rather take in the other way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So P- pitch better and don't worry about throwing the first. Uh, I was gonna say Lester because of the innings, but I've just talked myself into Rich Hill. Okay, I I, I think that's where I'm at too. I think I have Rich Hill ranked higher because. You know, you got to add in those replacement value innings too, mm-hmm. which, depending on league size, can be pretty good. They can also be bad, obviously, if it's a deeper league. And I don't really take Rich Hill in super deep leagues, uh, and only it can be tough because you're probably having to put in a relief. Although, if you're adding, say, thirty relief innings, that just makes the ratios even better. So, yeah, I, I, I lean Hill as well. Uh, sticking with the Cub lefty, are you betting on a Jose Quintana rebound? Because when he went over there. Of course, he added strikeouts just by virtue of getting the face to pitcher. Um, you know, everyone thought that he'd rebound just fine and have this this or, or keep going. I should say not rebound uh, from what he did with the Cubs in seventeen, but like keep keep going. He had twenty eight percent strikeout rate, six percent walk rate, three three seventy four, one ten ERA WHIP combo. Everyone's like, well, he's going to do that over a full season, which I didn't think was out of bounds given the career that he had because he rebounded with the Cubs after the White Sox uh, issue in 2017, but it was bad last year. Uh, the 403 ERA, terrible, but a 132 whip. The walks were way up. That was probably the biggest concern. Well, that's the thing. Walk like, rate. What made him good with the White Sox was dude didn't give up home runs and dude didn't walk didn't anybody. Walk so he yep. wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna like light up your strikeouts, but you were gonna get 200 innings of ratio stabilizing uh, work that really, really helped you, you know, chase, you know, maybe some guys who were a little bit more risky but offered some high strikeouts, you know, the, the I'm, I'm blanking on guys from, from the, oh, Chris Archer, like you could Archer, pair, was, yeah. yeah, you could pair Quintana and Archer and be like, okay, I, I've got, I've got, you know, a stud mixed in here, um, and then, and then a pretty solid number two, so, uh, I, I don't know what has happened moving across the city, uh, that has made him walk everybody. And then last year, the homers jumped up just kind of out of nowhere. The The curveball's never been the same for some reason. I, I don't know what exactly happened. Uh, I, I don't either with, with Quintana. And I'm a little nervous. So I don't know that I am betting on the rebound. I'm not. There is, there is certainly a price because if the whole market lays off, I'll, I'll jump in. But I've got him down at in the early fifties right now, and there's actually interestingly, like, what's the upside? That that that's that's my issue. Where, where is the upside in Quintana now? The upside would be getting back to the full volume because that that's the thing he didn't do last year either was 174, 174 innings, and 189 the year before after four years of 200 plus. But if it's so I think the upside is really built in. 74 at a 20 percent strikeout rate and a 375. No, no, that's, I'm saying the upside has to be getting or, back. I mean, or sorry, even, but even if it's 200, like that's, it's not like you're you're getting 200 at a mediocre ERA and not, I mean you'll you'll get volume strikeouts, I guess. Well, but, it's career 360, 125. Like I don't understand how th- he is that much better than Kyle Gibson. Who He's not. That's why I don't have them. Yeah, who delivered 192 innings last year. Yeah, I, I don't have them that far apart. So I, isn't I can playing in this division. Understand that, yeah. Um, yeah, that division, oh my God. That Central versus the Central that Gibson's in, holy There's no holy. weak team. Well, I mean, Pittsburgh seems no. a little bit weak. but I don't even think that they're that, that weak. They're offense, they're, man. They're, they're not offense. They're not a doormat. 
Look at that. that look at that lineup, dude. That lineup. Wait till our boy. Wait till our boy gets back. <sighs> yeah, I, I took him last night too. That. We're the, we're the Knights of Polonkists. <laughs> this is my first share. Or no, my second share because we got him in our, our uh, only share uh, best ball league. I can paint a picture where that offense becomes a little bit more dangerous though, right? You got Marte, love Dickerson, Marte. Love and Dickerson. Polanco that we already think love are Polanco. good. Those three. Hate the uh, well, no, I love Josh Bell actually. Josh Bell, Josh Bell is yep. a really, really sneaky value right now. Give me some Cervelli health mm. or Elias Diaz. Wait, why is Elias Diaz not on the roster resource? He's hurt. <gasps> Oh no, he, uh, Jason's guy. Yeah, that's his guy. Uh, okay, but then you know, people been dog, uh, not dogging, but hyping Frazier. Give Adam Frazier some love. Oh, I'm sorry. He has mono, is what I believe it is. Diaz. Oh, okay. Okay. So, well, but he's doubtful for opening right. day because he's so far behind now. Yeah, that sucks. But if Jung Ho Gung, I know you're fully out. Oh he man, club, he's he has club four spring homers. Yeah, he he's uh, Mikel Francoing him. Uh, he is Michael Francoing it. Francoing it. The dude can hit, and so I don't know. That'd be a big addition to that. Why is he not starting over Colin Moran? I mean, that's just maybe what I roster should, resource says. Maybe I should turn around a little bit on on Gong because there's no reason Colin Moran should should start over him, right? Or Eric Gonzalez, dude. Jung Ho Gung's not a great shortstop, but why wouldn't he start at shortstop over or really Eric Gonzalez? Adam Frazier. Why can't Adam? Well, Frazier's going to start at second. Yeah, but why can't Frazier move out into the outfield, send Lonnie Chisenhall to the bench, and play Gong at second? I would want to get Eric Gonzalez out of the lineup more. Than all, all this Lonnie being Chisenhall. said, it means Gong has a lot of paths to playing time. Correct, and we. Uh, I'm not gonna say we because I think other people in the industry have been on him for a little while. I am. I need to come around I on him. I was trying to get you on on yeah, the third so, base preview. I uh, yeah. I think uh, I think I uh, spoke too soon on him. That being okay. said, it can all end in an instant because of off the field issues with him. Because of his behavior, exactly, and he needs to make sure that he keeps that in check. That but that's apparently, apparently, the people who run the Pirates have no souls, and they're okay with all of it. Well, you've said that you don't either. Yeah, no, I, I'm, so that's what I'm saying. I'm getting back in on player. it, yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but that was a, a tangent off of Quintana to talk, to talk about how that division is very difficult, and even the Pirates can make a move or two to where their lineup deepens. It's not going to be a difficult lineup, and that's not the case I was trying to make. But you get Gung in there, you get some of these breakouts that people are calling for, like Josh Bell and Adam Frazier, and all of a sudden it runs six or seven deep as opposed to right now. It looks okay, like it's, it's, not as three, bad as, it's not as bad as maybe I was making it out to Yeah, be, that but. was the only point I was making. But as far as Quintana goes, I understand your reservation. I share it. And unless he goes down or I've got him, which is in the 50s, I'm not, I'm not taking him. Um, Quintana, or uh, it's weird, I just happen to have him around a crap ton of lefties. Mm-hmm. So I'll ask you, Quintana or Skaggs? Because of the forearm issue right now, I'm going to go Quintana. Okay. Quintana or Joey Lucchesi? I'm going to go with Lucchesi's upside. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Alex Wood or Jose Quintana? The stiff. Wood's dealing with something, right? Yeah, stiff back. Uh, it sounds like he may. I, like I said, I got auto drafted him last night, and I, I don't think he's going to be on oh. my team for very long. But um, would you take his 150 plus replacement over Quintana? Actually, you know what? I think I would. Uh, I would. Uh, Dallas Keiko or Jose Quintana? 
Uh, I'm completely. I would not take Keuchel in the top 300 picks. He's You're missed kidding. way too much time. We've seen it time and time again with these guys, these starting pitchers who sign late. They never are able to ramp up properly. Not, uh, the hitters aren't really either. I I think hitters can. Not walk. the ones that sign like this late, and the only two I can remember uh, probably weren't. Uh, they weren't in their peak. Well, neither is Keiko. But um, what was it? Stephen Drew and Kendris Morales when they signed like that late, it just was a disaster season for them. Yeah. I I can okay. I, I you you sold me a little bit on on just saying you know what like just take Keiko, my when I when I do my update, I'll try to do it before I leave for tout, but more than likely it'll happen after. Uh, Keiko will not be in my top one hundred. It just knocking. I'm just then completely out. Well, you know, we talked about this on the on the episode with Eno about focusing a little bit more on what we would actually do at the draft table as opposed to just ranking them where they quote unquote should be. And with that in mind, I have to move Keiko way down because I wouldn't draft him. So what the hell am I putting him there for? I don't want to mislead folks. No, and I mean, so, because so, someone's going to use that as a draft list and end up with exactly. Keiko and then be like, "Hey, why'd you do this to why'd me? You, why'd you have him there?" And be like, "I don't know, dude." I, I like. Just I hope he... I'm wrong because I like Dallas Keiko, but there Good were guy. there were warning signs on just the skills the last few years, anyways. And now Without he a doubt. he hasn't he doesn't have one doesn't have a team, so yeah. I mean he's just as likely to be pitching independent ball as he is. Uh, pitching major league baseball, you, you, I mean, you gotta think someone's gonna sign him. It's kind of uh, wild that he doesn't have a team, though. It's, it, we, it's, we can admit that, right? Yeah, from from a straight a major league baseball standpoint, it's insane. It's it's yeah. so weird. Uh, it, it's bizarre because you, you look at some of these rotations and who are in them, and you're like, like why why wouldn't the White Sox give him like a pillow deal so they can just trade a midseason? Uh, exactly, but for a yet another prospect for yeah. them. But yeah, I moved him. I moved him way down. I, think he's still going to be in my top 100, but I, I feel you on just having him way down and basically yeah. taking him off. We're, we're essentially taking him off our draft boards. Yeah, it just it's. I mean, because even if he does, I mean, obviously he's going to sign. So when he does sign, one, he's not going to have the spring training to ramp up. He's going to have to go to the minor leagues probably for a little while to kind of get his feel for his pitches, uh, ramp yep. up, get the innings going. We also have no idea. Like, there is no like front runner for Dallas Keuchel. So like No, that's the craziest part about this. We don't know like what kind of park he's going to be in or what a guy like Dallas Keuchel relies heavily on defense behind mm-hmm. him. Like what if he ends up uh in a place like Toronto with a poor defensive oh, infield and be the same reason I am out on Strong. Yeah, and and turf. Like that's in I, I don't that's the thing uh, Toronto is going to sign him, but but a team like that is what you're saying. You know, Colorado, like Colorado, could use a Dallas Keuchel as you God, know as a fourth or fifth starter. Would, that that would that would crush his value. So uh, I just I don't want to deal with it. Someone may get a steal off of it, and I'm happy for them. Yeah, good good for them. Good for them. All right, best innings challenged breakout. You say Kikuchi, Kenta Maeda, Nathan Eovaldi. Which one do you think has the best? Uh, best uh, bet to break out this year. Ivaldi uh, basically broke out last year, and Maeda's been good, so maybe not the right term. But who, who's your favorite of that between Kikuchi, Maeda, Ivaldi, knowing that they're going to have lower innings counts? Oh, it, well, I can eliminate Kikuchi. 
even though uh, <laughs> it made me giggle a little bit, you saying his full name because it sounds like you were saying I say Kikuchi. You you say Kikuchi. Uh, but uh, I, I, I don't want to deal with the the way the Mariners are going to handle him this year. I just think it's going to be super uh, frustrating. He's going to open every once in a while. Yeah, sometimes. And you're not going to know that he's going to open. They're not going to announce it. That's frustrating. So you're going to go, oh, I'm I'm throwing him in my lineup today or this week, and all of a sudden you get a total of two or three innings from him. uh, And you're like, oh, I just burnt a roster spot today or this week. Uh, So uh, Kikuchi's out for me. I like him long term, but – uh, in terms of a redraft, I'm just not going to have any shares. Uh, I like Maeda, but I hate the team situation. Sure. I love Ivaldi, but I hate the workload from the playoff situation. Uh, okay. So it's kind of a balancing act. I've got already more shares of Ivaldi, um, but I've got to, like, it, for me, it's format, actually. So I have a bunch of shares of Ivaldi in best ball. Uh, and I've got a couple of shares of uh, Maeda in season long. And I think that's the way okay. I would look at it. Okay. Um, I understand the reservation on Kikuchi, but I'm, I'm still I'm still interested. I, I do have Eovaldi ranked highest. I've been preaching my my interest in him all, all offseason, and it, it remains steadfast there. Because uh, I also like the um, what some might term the downside, which I, I don't think would be, is that they put him as the closer. You know, they, they, they mm-hmm. move Evaldi into the bullpen at, as the closer. That wouldn't be a problem. <clears throat> well, their bullpen, dude, their bullpen atrocious. It's really, it really bad. sucks. Like, they desperately need Tyler Thornburg, who they traded Travis Shaw for, and Mauricio Dubon, to, like, pop up and be a stud. And it's still not enough. Because they don't have a left. Well, the only lefty they have is Brian Johnson. Not that Evaldi helps that because he's a righty Johnson himself. Brian Johnson is not good. Exactly, and so and like Brandon, I, or Brandon Workman is just a. It's a long really like yeah. he's a. He, not he quite mop like up a t- like a little bit better than that. Talentless Matt Cain. Um, Yikes! Uh, and I like Keith Embry. I think Keith Embry's a little bit underrated, but. Yeah, they. This is not going to look this way in two months. So whether well, it's Ivaldi gets knocked <laughs> down and they bring up a starter, uh, you know, Rasmus Ramirez <laughs> comes back up and yeah, yeah, is I mean, their fifth starter. I mean, here's the thing. Uh, you know, we've talked about it. I've talked about it a lot. I just wrote an article about it over on uh, Fantasy Alarm uh, that I've said it all. See, there's more days off than ever before. Mm-hmm. And there are, uh, and the season's starting earlier than ever before, so there's going to be a lot more opportunities for teams to skip a fifth starter. So why use Evaldi as your fifth starter when you can just make him your closer, limit his innings a little bit this year? Maybe they go out and get a proven closer next year uh, when things are a little bit cheaper. But you got him under contract. You just put him through hell to win a World Series. Why not say, hey? You're getting paid the same amount. We're going to give you 80 innings as a closer as opposed to, uh, you know, 160 uh, as a starter and, and risk breaking you down before the playoffs. Yeah, I I totally understand that. That's why, despite the fact that he could get pushed into the bullpen, I don't mind taking the Evaldi because no. I do think it would be a premium role, whether it's full it's on Josh Carlos Hader Martinez thing. or yeah, or just uh, flat out the closer. Either way. 
I'd be fine with that. So I, I, I like Yavaldi the best there. And then Maeda Kikuchi are pretty dang close for me. In fact, let me look at the rankings right here. I got Maeda 42 and Kikuchi 49. So yeah, that, that's a coin flip right there. And I probably lean toward Maeda for team situation a little bit. So, um, all right, let's stick. Speaking of, you just mentioned Mr. Carlos Martinez. Would you prefer the injury-addled Carlos Martinez or the role-challenged Ross Stripling? Oh, stripling, I guess. I love both. I'm going to have lots. I already have lots of shares of both. Same. I'm going to continue to have lots of shares of both because of how low... Uh, uh, both are going really. Both are going really, but I mean, really, where I've seen Carlos <laughs> Martinez drop in drafts. Um, so, like last night, I believe he went, he went in the back end of the 16th round uh, of our wow. 15 team draft. Like that's, if I didn't already have a ton of injured guys on my team, I would have taken him earlier than that. So, I think when we're, we start talking about him getting outside the top 200, top 225. Yeah. Uh, you you got to just take a gamble on the upside and hope that, uh, you know, at best they're, he's a starter. Worst, you know, they move him into the bullpen. He's you know potentially their closer because that's another bullpen situation Open that situation. is kind of up in the air. But it, at least they have good – like Boston's is just crap. Yeah. Um, St. Louis has a ton of great guys, but they might just say, you know what, we're going to let Martinez close and keep, keep uh, you know, Reyes, Hicks – Miller. Well, I think this is Reyes' way middle. into the rotation. That's true. That could absolutely be be it. They're just going to swap um, him and Seamart. Seamart becomes a closer. Uh, Reyes jumps up. Because do they really want to be starting Adam Wainwright and John Gant? This is a team that thinks they are a World Series contender. And I don't think that they're out of, off base with that. No, They've got uh, the, the talent. That offense is sick, especially, oh, the, especially the first four. It's a heck of a lineup, without a doubt. All right, so yeah, I'm, I'm torn on those two as well. I like both for sure. Um, love Ross Stripling and and the discounts on Carlos Martinez. His ADP over the last week uh, in online championships is 232. Sign me up. I think I got him 216 in my online championship. I'll take that. And that was that was a week plus ago. That was like two weeks ago. So uh, I'm I'm cool with that for sure. Um, hmm. I also have a bet. I'm going to have a bet with the Welsh mm. where I'm going to either have to eat tomatoes. I got Ross Stripling, though. I have to eat like a tomato, and he's going to have to eat. Do you not eat... like tomatoes or something? They're so disgusting, dude. Really? They're so... Oh, God. The texture is the nastiest thing. Like a, like a slice of tomato. If you put that on my burger, that's a hate crime. I will take you to the Supreme Court without a doubt because that is absolutely disgusting. How wow. dare you? What about like that. a fried tomatoes. tomato? You ever had a fried tomato? That's worse, dude. Are you trying to make a piece of poop even worse? You just did it. Well done. Well, Next. you know what? Uh, another thing that you and my wife have in common, because my wife does not eat tomatoes. You know what? <clears throat> That's perfect for you and Jen, because we're not going to mess with your garbage-ass tomatoes. You should you should strive to be with somebody who doesn't like things that you do food-wise, because then they're not going to be taking it from you. So you and Jen... Have your nasty ass tomatoes, and D and I will be smart people and enjoy good food. All Either right. you know, it totally works. Yeah. No, um, my, all right. My, my wife's making uh, blackberry uh, pulled pork sandwiches for dinner tonight. So that I, sounds so homemade blackberry good, uh, barbecue sauce. Mm, yeah. 
Holy crap, that sounds good. All right, we talked a little bit about these guys, but I'm adding a new one. I think it was in the context of Quintana or Lester. I don't know, but pick a lefty. Alex Wood, Joey Lucchese, uh, or Kyle Freeland. Who's your favorite? Oh, oh uh, I mean, if Alex Wood with health was healthy right now, it'd probably be Wood. I've always been uh, kind of a, yeah, yeah. a supporter of him. So I actually, to some degree, like... All of them. I'm probably lowest on Lucchese. Uh okay. I just, I, I mean, how many innings are we going to get from him? Uh, 400. Well, if you get 400, Minimal. then I think the first 200 of them may be very good. Uh, I, I worry he could tire the other 200 out. Could be problematic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, usually when you get over the 300 mark, you, you tend to serve you up a lot of meatballs. Really? Really start to uh, bring that quality down. Yeah, I don't. But, uh, I don't know why the projections are so low on him in some ways. Like, I understand Lucchese. the home. Yeah, on Lucchese. Like, I understand like the home run rate. Why? Why they have it where it does? Because he did have a problem giving up home runs. But, like the drop in strikeouts, I don't necessarily get. Yeah, I don't. I don't agree with that. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> either way, it's not. I, I, I prefer Wood, and I think Freeland, I just love the discount we're getting. He's going so low in all of these drafts. People are so afraid uh, to roster Kyle Freeland. I just feel mm-hmm. like you're taking him at a point where if he does turn into your, you know, quote-unquote, you know, traditional Rockies garbage pitcher, he's easily discarded. Easily. I, but. I, couldn't agree more. There is a range of outcomes in which he was the duty was last year. Yeah. Like he lives on command and control. And I understand that the 8% walk rate and, and 9% the year before might not have folks believing that, but that's where really getting eyes on Freeland and what he does basically he does what we want Bieber to do. You know, if you get into a situation where it hitters count nibble, and if they don't, if they don't go flat for it, you walk them and you reset. And obviously, that can be dangerous in Coors Field because uh, of that ballpark versus you know Cleveland or whatever. But I, I like what he does. You're obviously, talking about not- a guy who's got a 50 percent or close to 50 percent ground ball rate with a pretty damn good uh, infield defense. Yes. Uh, behind him, uh, I I think. Yeah, he's. I think he is a much better pitcher than projections are going to bear out. I think out the of. projections are harsh he's, on, on yeah. Freeland. It kind of reminds me of like prime Marco Estrada, where like the projections like always killed him, but he seemed yeah. to do. You know, he and he doesn't give up it. homers the way Estrada yeah. did. So give me like a three sixty ERA, one twenty five WHIP. I'm taking that all day. So I like Freeland. He's actually ranked highest for me. And then I like Lucchese. And then uh, Alex Wood is bumped down just a little bit because of the back. And you know how I feel about bad backs. Uh, but he and Lucchese, I think, are actually back-to-back. Pun not really intended because it wasn't that good. Moving on. Mm-hmm. Pick a Tyler. Tyler Glasnow or Tyler Skaggs. Obviously, Glasnow hasn't really done anything. Skaggs has the forearm fatigue. Are you just going to take the healthy guy? Or are you going to take the guy with a little bit more track record? I think I'm. This one's a hard one. But, well, no, it isn't. I, I'm. I'm not taking class now. Yeah. I, just... I. A guy who has always struggled maintaining his mechanics, already messing with his mechanics in spring training, is. Yeah, it just seems like. Uh, it just seems like yeah that he, this could this could end really really poorly. So, 
Uh, I am staying away from Tyler Glass now, and I know there's truthers out there. And if it works out for you, you know I'm happy for you. I'll, it only took like six years. I'll eat the crow. I'll eat the crow. I, I will. I'll like, eat the I crow, kinda, but I'm I'm going to be bitter about it. <laughs> I kind of want to be wrong just because it'd be fun to have an exciting, uh, fresh arm like like Tyler Glass now. But I just I don't think I'm going to be on this one. I just don't. And so I can only I can only get him so high in my rankings and so i'm actually taking skags too even with the uh even with the little bit of health concern right now <clears throat> excuse me so yeah i'm t- i'm taking skags uh okay pick one here john gray upside or the marco gonzalez floor oh god um it's like guy i hate versus guy i don't care about um you hate john gray oh well I, for some reason i was thinking sunny gray yeah yeah john gray colorado mm. Ooh, guy that scares the crap out of me versus guy mm-hmm. who, like I love the upside of John Gray, but man, we've seen that downside with him, and that downside can be just disastrous Fierce. for your team. Uh, Would you consider pairing them and then get the the, the upside and floor combo? God. I just feel like you can get for, like guys like Marco Gonzalez anywhere in a draft. Uh, and I think disagree. Do you disagree? I invite you to take a deeper look. Um, you know, the strikeout rate is nothing special at 21%, but a 5% walk rate. He was a command and control prospect when he was coming up with the Cardinals. He was, you know, he was uh, out of Gonzaga, supposed, expected to be a quick riser, and he was, but health took over and, and, and really derailed him until last year. Um, and, you know, he's one of these guys we're talking about where the ERA wasn't great at four, but a 122 hit while not stunning, was so- was solid. I mean, it was definitely uh, helping more often than not at a 122 mark. I-, I think there's upside here. And it's not really with the strikeouts. It's, it's actually to improve the whip to a level that's cl- – or excuse me, to- well, yeah. Yes, he can improve the whip, but I meant to say ERA there for Marco Gonzalez, where I think he can get into the mid-threes and post a one-teens sort of whip and basically be your, your you know, your bargain – Kyle Hendricks. Mm, yeah, I guess it's just I I know I'm never gonna roster him. It's just it's just he just uh, I mean how much different is he than Trevor Williams? Better strikeout and walk rate. That's true. I guess yeah. I mean that's I not know. that's not an awful name to invoke. Um. Well, let's see how much cheaper he is, though. Too. Or, or let's let's see the price difference. Three fifty. Oh wait, no, no, that was Gio Gonzalez. Excuse me. Marco Gonzalez is two seventy five, and Trevor Williams is three thirty four. So, out at two seventy five, like I'm not I'm not like, using a high pick. We took, so I'd we rather took take him. the guy that I think's better. Yeah, we. I mean, we took Marco Gonzalez in our uh, you know, only share, our, our best, one share our, dynasty, yeah, yeah, uh, uh, best ball league. So, I, I don't know. There's just always guys going behind Marco Gonzalez that are that more like that. my speed. Whether yeah, it's and that's fine. I mean, whether it's like Annabelle Sanchez or Jesus Lazardo or Jimmy Nelson or uh, or my boy Kyle Gibson. Like, there's well, just then let's focus on Gray. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit more about John Gray then, because you're kind of putting Marco Gonzalez off to the side, which I don't 
think it's completely out of bounds. I just wanted to give him a little bit of shine to say that that it's not the upside that we're used to of like, oh, this guy's going to be a strikeout breakout. I think he's more of a uh, continues to refine his command and control and, and, and like I said, posts basically a, a baby Kyle Hendricks. But for John Gray, the skills were actually dead in line with what he did um, the year before when everyone was super excited about him in 2017. In fact, his uh, swing strike rate was markedly better. It actually backed up the strikeout rate much, much better from 9% to 12%. Uh, and, and the bottom line was still an 18% strikeout minus walk rate, uh, 24%, uh, and, uh, too many percents, but it was 18% strikeout minus walk rate. But he went from a 367 to 512. And he had that disastrous first half before he was sent down where his FIP and every all the underlying indicators were great. Then he comes up, he actually put up some decent numbers, but then the indicators didn't agree. Like the skills weren't there. So it was a really topsy-turvy weird season. I think he said that he wasn't uh, healthy uh, in terms of uh, eating right and fit. Not necessarily an injury, but he just wasn't right uh, for John yeah, Gray. He saw a velocity drop. Yeah. Uh, it's a very bizarre his season. hard contact went up uh, almost 8%. Home run rate nearly doubled from 0.8 to 1.4. So he's, but he's only going to be 27. We've seen some upside. He doesn't walk, guys. So if the hits, if you can get the hits to a reasonable number, let's just say yeah, I eight think I'd take the gamble any, on Gray. I would too. I do have him ranked higher than Gonzalez. I think I think I would. I don't know that I will, because like I said, there's guys going behind this that I just I like that much more. Uh, but so, if you're forced to choose, but if if for some reason at the main event you pull out a gun and say, you must draft John Gray or Marco Gonzalez right this minute, I think I'm going John Gray. Okay, sounds good. Uh, please, let's please talk about... check him before he enters. Greg, 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 please. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to have a gun. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm going to have two guns. Ooh, flexes his non-existent muscles. Uh, best mid-20s gamble. Uh, Joe Musgrove or Steven Matt? Mm, Matt's looked really good. I think it was yesterday. I watched him pitch. Yeah, one righty, one lefty, both with a little, uh, you know, plenty, plenty of injury track record. Let's say. Yeah, but. I think the upside on Matt's is higher, uh, and I think the injury risk is higher as well. Um, but he did throw 154 innings last year. He closed strong too. Yeah, I think, I think that's I'm, lost on Matt's this season. I think I'm gonna take Matt's here, even though uh, I think wi- conventional wisdom would probably should probably lean me more towards Musgrove with that really nice home park. Uh, I don't know that I'm gonna have a lot of shares of either. Well, I definitely won't have a lot of shares of either of those guys. I've taken Matt's in a couple best balls. Uh, and I don't think I have a share of Musgrove other than – did we take him in our best ball? Well, we might have. That wouldn't have been one share dynasty, though, because I'm yeah. all in on Musgrove. Yeah, I know you are. I think I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to go Matt's. Okay. Well, yeah, as mentioned, I'm all in. I like both. I'm really down to actually roster both um, in just about any situation. I've been slowly trickling Matt's up my, my draft board without a doubt. In fact, uh, that glob of lefties that I was talking about earlier with Quintana, Matt's is is right right at the end of it now, and I'm considering moving him up because it was Skaggs, Lucchese, Wood, Lester, Heaney, Quintana, and then Matt's. I think I want Matt's at the higher end of that now. 
I just I just like what he does. But I have Musgrove all the way up at, at 44. Yeah, last eight starts of the season, Matt's threw 144 in the third innings with uh, – not, not in the last eight starts. He didn't. Oh, sorry. Did I say 140? Uh, sorry, yeah. he threw 44, 44. in the third okay. innings. Um, uh, 10.35K per nine uh, and a 244 ERA. Oof. So, that's and that's nice. with giving up six home runs in those eight starts. So it wasn't the home run problem wasn't necessarily solved, but he did a decent enough job of limiting the damage, uh, and he just struck guys out. Fifty-one strikeouts in those forty-four and a third innings, which is what what, what I like to see that his uh, that his swing and miss was getting back because that was a little bit of the issue for Matt throughout the season. So yeah, I'm in on both. Eileen Musgrove, uh, I got him a good a good. 10 12 spots higher but i like mats as well i say i say if you can get both consider it folks um all right moving on let's see here next up i already know how you feel about this because you mentioned him earlier but you are diving in on anibal sanchez at a nothing cost uh, all the best ex- ball shares yeah do you want to expound upon that he's going at uh 273 over the last week and, and so it's trickling up he was in the three 300s firmly but 272 is still not expensive. 273. Um, so you know you're not you're not all of a sudden like oh no I can't I can't pay that. So at 273 with Anibal Sanchez, obviously you're still in. You mentioned best ball. What about regular leagues? Are you still taking him there uh, as he moves over to Washington with that new cutter? I'm less likely to take him in 15 team leagues and deeper. Okay. Because I do you feel have to like find the replacement. He, yeah, I do feel like there is a this is like a ticking time bomb. Uh, and that at some point, uh, something he's 35. He's had a long history of injury mm-hmm. issues. Uh, this could all fall apart very, very quickly for him. But he was fantastic last year. Uh, really, really, really good. And there's no reason to think that he won't continue kind of what he was last year. It's just a matter of how long he can do it for at this age and with his health track record. Uh, and so in a shallower format where I know there's going to be replacement value and I'm getting him as like my last round pick in a 10 or 12 team league. Yeah. Sign yeah. me up all day. And in best ball, you know, he's going to pitch well for me as long as uh, he pitches. Uh, and then, you know, I won't worry about it because it's best ball. Yeah. We're not being ageist with, uh, with Sanchez at all. Anibal Sanchez, because the price is just, it's so nice. It's so nice. I'm def I'm definitely taking a shot. With him, um, and and so I've already got some shares. I might still get another. If I don't, I'm fine with what I've got because I'm I'm invested enough to where he won't kill me if he doesn't do well. But uh, I can definitely benefit as well. Uh, favorite White Sox: Reynaldo Lopez or Carlos Rodon? Oh, uh, this is hard because I've been critical of both and at times very intrigued in both. Um. I think I'm going Lopez, but I I don't have a strong feeling or desire to draft either. Okay, I don't think that that's unfair. I, I've said it like 50 million times. I'll say it one more time. I love the idea of Carlos Rodon, but not on my teams. Like I wanted to break out, but I just haven't really been finding a spot for him. Um, Reynaldo, I'm more in on, and so I will probably get some shares of, of Reynaldo, but yeah, I, I don't think you're out of bounds to just kind of be like, meh, they're okay. If, you know, if, if, 
if you're in a draft situation where they where you're kind of pinned into the corner and they're both available, you would take Ronaldo. You said. Yeah, I, I'm gonna go back the other way. Actually, I'm gonna take Rodon. You want Rod? You want Rodon? Uh, maybe it's that's how pros- close they are. Folks. Yeah, maybe it's the prospect pedigree. Uh, he does look good in spring so far. Uh, I remember Doug Thorburn doing a uh, a breakdown of his mechanics on the Baseball Holics podcast, and he said he really liked his mechanics. Uh, last season was just so weird. First, you know, coming coming back from the injury. Uh, the strikeouts just evaporated. The walk rate was his normal walk rate, but somehow he made it work. And I'm just hoping that maybe another year removed from injury, the strikeouts come back. The walk rate's always going to be scary with him, and that's that's the sure. that's the issue and one Let's of the reasons on. why I tend to kind of stay away. But I mean, this guy was like the top pitching prospect in Major League Baseball for a long time, and uh, or at least one of them. So. He, Maybe I'm just buying back in on some of the prospect pedigree, uh, and he's only 26. So that's the thing; he's been around for so long. Rodon has, but he's only going into his age 26 season. We've seen good strikeout rates in the past. Last year, it was down to 18. percent Part of that was the strategy that he was employing, which was busting righties up and in, and, and so that was getting like pop ups and and weaker fly balls as opposed to the strikeouts. But there is still a path where he puts it all together where he can he can still work up and in when he wants to, but then go down with that slider, get some swings over the top of it, get the strikeout rate back up. Like I said, I like both. Rodon, for some reason, I just haven't been ending up with him, and I'm probably going to just kind of watch him from afar, and if he breaks out for somebody else, I'm rooting for him because I do like him. I think he's a good pitcher, but I am more inclined to roster, um, uh, to, to roster Reynaldo between the two. That's fair. All right. Would you like Kyle Gibson or an empty spot on your team? <laughs> Is the empty spot got right. a name? Oh, okay, it's Michael Waka. We'll uh, we'll, we'll I was trying to take Waka last night when I got auto-drafted Alex Wood. Oh, okay. Um, actually, I was searching for someone, and I couldn't find him. I was like, oh, I'll just take Michael Waka and then sign right now. Um, so I, I like Waka. I... I've always kind of been a in kind of your truther camp uh, for mm-hmm. Michael Walker. That being said, Kyle Gibson's my boy, and I'm not taking anybody over Kyle Gibson. Of course, uh, Kyle Gibson. Just so I, I don't understand, like how is Kyle Gibson going as late as he is? I know you hate him and stuff, but he's going like one. I want to say like 192 or something. I've like got him that. ranked pretty decently though, too. That's the funny thing. Like I, I don't think I'm off. I, I'm, I'm probably higher than the market. Yeah, you are, and like I don't understand why the market is. So they're so... not getting it from me. Yeah, no, and definitely not getting it from me. No, you uh, have ninth overall, not yeah. even among pitchers, just overall. Yeah, it's Blake Snell, Blake Snell, Blake <laughs> Snell, a couple other guys, and then Kyle Gibson. Uh, <laughs> and Kyle Gibson had the best season of his career last year, and did it with. Uh, uh, you know, almost 200 innings, and he gets no credit for that. Even if he regresses, you know, some like the projections uh, all kind of give him uh, some regression. Uh, he's still gonna throw almost 200 innings, and uh, with you know almost a strikeout an inning, and should deliver a sub four ERA. Uh, yeah, good volume bet for uh, Kyle yeah, Gibson. Yeah, like I, I know that a lot of people, and here here's what it is: a lot of people prefer to take the gambles late. They, they go, okay, these are one of my last few pitchers. Uh, I, I want the upside. I want a guy who could really pop. You're right. 
And while I completely understand that theory, if you've already taken gambles, sometimes it's better to get the sure bet innings. Uh, and that's what Kyle Gibson does. He he's helps you stabilize uh, your innings totals and your ratios late in a draft because there aren't a lot of guys like that. Yeah, I, I think that that's completely fair. And so team makeup definitely plays a role uh, for when you're drafting Kyle Gibson. But he is a bit of an afterthought, and I'm not entirely sure that that's fair because you can get those nice uh, that that nice volume there. Uh, I love Waka. I don't think I have him higher than Gibson, though. I actually do Should. believe that I have Gibson. Yes, it is. We haven't heard from our buddy in a while. I know, right? And he's, we've been well, and we've been he's down in spring podcasting training. a lot. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's he'll he'll, he'll be here. He's yeah. well. You go down there, and you can you can manicure all the mm-hmm. all the parks. That but gets like you really I said, a lot of off days this year, so he'll he'll be joining us. I'm sure he'll be there. He'll be there for, for without a doubt. Um, all right, moving on. Next one up. Oh, your favorite upstart young gun, Alex Reyes or Julio Urias? Ooh, do do. Uh, I think it's Reyes. I, I okay. feel much more comfortable with uh, the Pretty health. Definitive on that one. Yeah, I just I just feel much more comfortable that he's going to be healthy than uh, Urias. I know Urias has looked great, 97. I still worry about, one, Dodgeritis, but two, like even if they do give him a chance to just go into the rotation at some point, uh, how many innings are we going to expect them to push him considering they've never pushed him? They've True. babied him his entire career. True. Um, you know, for me, like I, I just love them to turn him into just a dominant reliever. Uh, they're they're obviously not going to do that, but uh, I just yeah. I w- w- what would you project for his innings? For Arias, um, hundred and twelve. I just made that like just first number that snapped to my brain, so I went with it. No, I mean hundred. I mean he could have hundred and twelve dominant innings. I none of the projections. What do you think systems, Reyes is going to get though? I think Reyes could get. I think I think Reyes is much more likely to break a hundred than uh, Urias. That's my. I can I can get behind that. I can get behind that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. I, I I would not. I, I would take the under on a hundred innings from Urias, and I think I'd take the over on it from Reyes, and I think that's the difference for me. I think both have immense upsides. Both have some scary downsides because of injury. Uh, I feel a little bit more comfortable that Reyes will pitch. Uh, uh, or will be healthy uh, throughout the season. That being said, uh, I'm uh, I'm probably not gonna have a ton of shares of either, except for in best ball. Got them both yeah. in best ball leagues. Um, so you know, this is obviously seeming like a common theme. I'm willing to take these kind of big upsides, but low floor type players in best ball because it's the right spot they, to do it. it. It's you know, it's it's Colorado pitchers. It's you know you when they're bad or things fall apart, you don't have to roster, you know, they, they're not going to your starting lineup, but when they're great, they're winning you weeks in best ball leagues. You get protected. Absolutely. So, um, I think I agree with, with all that there. Let me see what my rankings say here. Just so I'm not, uh, too far out of bounds. Yeah. I, I've got Urias 62, Reyes 66. Um, uh, you know, in fact, I'm just going to put them right, right by each other. Cause I, I would, I would take one, Whichever one was available, and I, I've got them right there. So I, I moved Reyes up right right by Urias. So I agree Fair. with everything you said there. Um, I do have Urias the one spot higher, but I, I, I kind of like both. I wouldn't draft both on any team, of course. That's just too much risk, but I'll take one or the other. 
Uh, all right, next one up. Oh, favorite prospect bet this year, Jesus Lazardo or Chris Paddock? It's Lazardo, and it's not particularly close for me. Okay, I, boy. I know everybody is super excited about Chris Paddock, and we're seeing him go super high in drafts. Uh, he went in in uh, in in the draft I was in last night. Uh, Mike the Rotocop, uh, who writes for Made Friends Fantasy Benefits and also does uh, some podcasting and writing over at Rotoballer, uh, he like completely punted starting pitcher, and he uh, he took his first starting pitcher in the ninth round with Nick Pavetta, second starting Holy pitcher smoke. in the eleventh with Rich Hill, and then made his third starting pitcher Chris Paddock in the fifteenth round. Wow, that's such an interesting strategy. I'm really eager to see how he, that plays out. So he did take honest. two elite closers earlier on. Okay, uh, and I like, in, in I like balance and, and it like and, that. And it, it, there's no overall component, so he doesn't need necessarily balance. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I still hate what he did, but uh, <laughs> that being said, uh, we're seeing Paddock get pushed up and up these draft boards uh, and going early and earlier. He actually went just one round behind Lozardo. Uh Anybody who says we know when Chris Paddock is going to be up is lying. He's got 37 and two-thirds innings total at double-A. Opening day? He's not going to be their opening day starter. The Padres have no reason to bring him. He's not making the team. Opening day? (laughs) Opening day. I'd I'd like to put a wager on this. Opening day? <laughs> opening uh, day. Yeah, no, he's not going to be ready opening day or on on the roster. Like, why would they start his clock? They're just if they believe he's ready right now, they'll bring him up three weeks into the season. That being said, we know Lazardo is going to be up three weeks into the season. As, as soon as that uh, year of service time is gained by the A's, they are going to bring him up. He's going to front line their rotation. Uh, he's going to pitch in Oco, uh, which is great. I think he's a finished, polished product. Uh, Paddock, I, I I don't know what Paddock is. Uh, I, I know he's been great in his minor league stints. Uh, he missed all of 2017 and then jumped up to over 100. Or no, sorry, uh, 90, 91, 92 innings. The next, uh, in 2018, has been fantastic. I don't know that he's ever walked someone. <laughs> you know, and he, he doesn't give ever. up home runs. He doesn't places he's all, he runs everywhere or takes a mode of transportation yeah he's also never seen a good hitter before so and mm. i know he's looked really good in spring training uh but i'm not buying this hype like i just i don't know that i can buy that he's gonna get 100 innings and i want my guys to at least get 100 innings I, i'm i'm on lazardo as well but i'm definitely uh warmer on paddock than you are it's so not. I, I'll just I think that. Paddock is going to be a very, very, very good starting pitcher at some point in his major league career. I'm not, not willing to gamble. It's going to be this year. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, better rebound: Dylan Bundy or Zach Godley? Uh, uh, Godley, I guess. I know. I know the search, Jason, but I. <laughs> I got really burnt by both these guys last year, so you keep putting the, like these these two players next to each other that I either love <laughs> both of them uh, or I or I, I I'm really like hurt by both of them. Like I, I feel I feel like I was you know just broken up with really embarrassingly in public by both these guys, <laughs> um, and uh, like there's part of me that wants to take shots on them, and I just haven't been I haven't had the heart to pull the trigger. 
Uh, I guess I'll take the Humidor and Arizona um, in the National League uh, and Godley over Camden Yards, the Orioles, uh, and Dylan Bundy. Okay. Um, I'm going to take Bundy. He's got the premium slider, and I'm th- part of this is a little bit of a bet just on the new regime. So I know it's a little bit of a blind bet of just saying, hey, they got a new regime. It's it's stats-oriented. Hopefully they can see some things that they're working on with, uh, with Bundy and extract some of that value out of him because – I don't know. They, they were just so bad at developing pitchers beforehand that I, I'm just, like I said, taking a bit of a blind bet. But I have them very close. And um, I don't dislike Godley because he also has a great pitch. When that curveball's on, it's fantastic. But I do think that uh, Bundy is – Bundy's cheaper too, I believe, in the market if I if I recall oh, correctly. Then maybe I lean Bundy just because of the price. Let me see. Bundy – hang on. Let me pull this back. The problem is there's still guys below – these guys that I that I that you prefer l- that I look at as one having safer floors um, and having better upsides. Yeah, it's two fifty two for Godley, three fifteen for Bundy. Oh wow, three fifteen. So that's for Bundy why is actually pretty nice. Yeah, no, I because of the price, I'll go Bundy. Okay, that makes sense then. All right, next up is uh, this one's an easy one. Oh yeah, you, I know. you pick you pick someone I love versus someone I hate. Yeah, had to give you had to give you a little home run meatball here. Yeah, do you prefer Sean Newcomb or Jimmy? Let's pretend like I don't know this. Speaking of home run meatball, I do never want to own Sean Newcomb. <laughs> so, uh, and I love Jimmy Nelson, and he he pitched for the first time yesterday. Looked good in his yes. inning. Uh, this is everything is going back to the way it was supposed to go back to. Um, for my boy Jimmy Nelson. Uh, and uh, once again, I think, let's see, I've drafted 20 teams. I probably have like 16 shares of Jimmy Nelson. So, I of course, it. things are going to go horribly wrong. <laughs> this is going to melt down in front of my face. So, yeah, I, uh, I, no, I, I seriously it. have, yeah, probably 15 or 16. When I do my full disclosure article, uh, at, you know, near the start of the season, uh, probably next week, um, it'll be like, yeah, I'm sure Nelson will be the most owned guy on my teams. Yeah, I think I think for me too, and like we've extolled the virtues of Nelson and why we like him quite a bit. So, if you really want to get in on that, go to his player profile. I'm sure we're one of the last few uh, of their five recent articles, a podcast somewhere is probably uh, us gushing over him. So we love Jimmy Nelson. Uh, let's go on the boring end then. Best boring bet: Ulysses Chassin or Julio Tehran. Uh, Shasin, because he's he was pretty decent last year. Um, yeah, I guess. I mean, he's got that slider. He's got yeah. that slider. And I mean, he like I think there is a reasonable expectation if Julio Tehran struggles that they've got enough in that minor league system at the upper levels of the minors that they can just move him out of the rotation. What do the Brewers have? To push him out of the rotation? Yeah. I mean... Burns and... Bur- I think Burns... Well, Burns, and- Woodruff, Peralta. I mean, but but he's not the one in danger. So, yeah, exactly. They have point, other guys that are going to lose their roles before him. I, I would I mean, agree with that. I'm, I'm surprised Zach Davies still has a role over these right? other guys. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I would agree with you there for... Like Chase uh, Anderson, Zach Davies... I think will be first to go before we see Shasin. 
Yep. I, I agree there. All right, let's move on. Favorite Blue Jay, Marcus Stroman or Aaron Sanchez? Ooh, another easy one. Give me some softballs to end this one. Aaron, Aaron Sanchez. Aaron Sanchez still has elite skills. Uh, he just needs to uh, keep the, the skin and, you know, nails on his fingers. Yeah, uh, exactly. Supposedly, he, he worked in the offseason to work on calluses and, and kind of adjust some grips and things like that to prevent these things from happening again. Uh, has looked good in spring. I, I like I like Aaron Sanchez. I've got a lot of shares of Aaron Sanchez. I don't have a lot, but I'm willing to throw that gamble. Let's see. He's going... 334. Yeah, it's just so cheap. Like, come on. This is where, like... I'm, I'm down. Like, there's these pockets in... It's, like, multiple, like, mason globs, I, I want to call them. <laughs> because, like, there's these pockets of uh, of guys in in the starting pitching kind of ADPs where I go, okay, I'm this is where I'm going to grab three or four starters. And this is one of the areas where I'm doing this. You know, I'm, I'm grabbing Jimmy Nelson, Aaron Sanchez, Samarja, Strom... And you know, and then I, you know, I've been able to kind of just load up on offense before these in these other globs of the Marco Gonzalez's and Musgroves and and Ronaldo Lopez kind of tiers where, uh, or in tiers in the ADP where I just not enamored by a lot of them, uh, and I'll just wait on the starting pitchers. Yeah, I mean, I like. There's just there are so many globs there with so much interesting talent. And so, yeah, I I really want him to be good. I want him out of um, Toronto because he's, you know, he's, he likes Stroman. He's ground ball guy. Aaron Sanchez, ground ball guy on the turf, bad defense. But he has more swing and miss, I, I think, when, when he's – well, it hasn't really shown. I think his stuff, when it's on, can be a better swing and miss, I should say. Because yes. he hasn't really displayed it. He has an 8% swing strike rate for Aaron Sanchez. Um, but it improved but he, to nine and a half percent last year, in spite of career the, best, in, yes. the injury issues. So, yep. Um, and we're not talking about like these are elbow or a shoulder. It's you know it's the fingernails. Fingernail. And, and if that's finally resolved, uh, we could see I think a a, a big step up. Uh, the bat has him for 150 innings at a 4.32 ERA. I might cut a little bit off that ERA, but like that seems you know very fair to me. Yeah. Um, I, I totally agree. All right, pick one of these four. Matthew Boyd, Trevor Williams, Derek Rodriguez, or Zach Eflin? Uh, um, man, uh, I think it's between Boyd and Eflin for me. I think I think Trevor Williams last year was a little bit of a mirage. I'm not a Derek Rodriguez believer, though the part... No, of, you're not, I'm despite not. him being on your favorite team. Yeah, I I think... The, I, definitely the park has helped him, but I think he is destined for a, some sort of relief role. Uh, I think he's just being given an opportunity because the Giants suck. Um, so my wife is so upset at me whenever she hears me talk about how much the Giants are going to suck this year. She should be happy that you're a truthful person. Yeah, well, no, she she would much rather me lie to her and be like, the Giants are amazing. And, oh, they're going to be great and, this year. Like, I can love something that sucks. Mm-hmm. Like, kids suck a lot of the time. I still love my kids. Like I love you. Yeah, right? You know, hey. you, you can definitely love something that is complete trash. Yeah. So, you actually hate deep down. Eflin okay, showed some real flashes last year, and that Dude. that makes me very, very intrigued by how late he's going. Uh, I think he could be he uh, his ERA was what like uh, 0.5 above his FIP. 
Uh, he's got the ability to strike guys out. He keeps uh, he keeps guys uh, off the bases uh, via free pass. I think that like, I, I I understand why they're regressing him a little bit. I don't I don't see why they're regressing him as much as they are. So you you want to know one of the more interesting things though about Eflin is um, you know Eno included the aces rank that fantastic uh, metric by Aaron Sauceda. Uh, at Rotopope on Twitter, and you can get the full list over at uh, CBS Sports Line, and probably worth diving in on that if, if that's something that you're going to be doing uh, long term. I, I imagine he'll be updating it throughout the season if you're a DFS person, because the Sports Line thing is a subscription. But Eno included it on uh, his rankings, 93rd percentile for Zach Eflin. Like wow. he was coming with premium stuff last year, mm-hmm. and I don't think that that's that well known. He added the velo. He had some secondaries that were working well, namely the slider. This wasn't like a so, velo spike. Like this velo continued through the end of the season. Correct. So I'm, I'm definitely. I, I know you're a Boyd guy. Um, well, I've, I've really backed off on Fulmer and Boyd defense. because of that defense. It's yeah. so nerve wracking to think that Christian Stewart and uh, Nicholas Castellanos are going to be out there on the corners. Now Stewart can DH, but you know, maybe he's got to get some DH in as well, and so they're. They're going to be Mickey out looks there good. at the time. Mickey, Mickey looks, looks great. You see that you know why? ball trick? Yes. You know why he looks great? Because he's an awesome player. And if he's healthy, he's going to be I fantastic. Took him, I took him last night. Yeah, you freaking better. I did. Remember when you were, remember when you were running your yap about him I'm still, earlier? I'm still petrified but um, because he's 35. And... I understand. Yeah, I'm not going to sit here and say don't have any concerns about a 35-year-old who's coming off of back-to-back injured seasons. But – the thing with his injuries have been they happened all of a sudden, and they've like they've happened. It, it felt like like a, a a train coming off the tracks. Like like everything was going fine, and then kaboom. his bicep explodes. How yeah. does that happen? Like, dude, um, and it just you know he's thirty five. He's not a guy who's been in great shape his entire life. Uh, he's 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 not treated his body like a temple. Uh, that being said, that that home run was awesome. The hidden ball trick was awesome. The smiles, like I want Miggy to be good. Yeah, he just he just loves loves playing ball. That's why I don't think he's going to DH a ton though. Like I said, he'll go in there, take the lineup card from Garden Hire, and write his own name at first base. So those that are just putting him at, at DH, it's not going to happen. Although that that's probably better for Boyd and. Um, and Fulmer because then Stewart can DH and they get somebody out there who has an actual glove uh, in left field. Goodrum, uh, Mikey Matuk, I think it doesn't take much to be a better defender than Kristen Stewart. You're I'm still going to have better Cassidy. Defender than Kristen Stewart. What's that? I'm a better defender than Kristen Stewart. I am Stewart. too. And my like when I'm running, playing softball, like my glasses like bounce on my face and I can't track fly ball very well <laughs> and I'm still better than him. I can track it. I just I'm not like super fast anymore. So. I'm I'm not either. I take long strides though, being yes. so I look faster, like I look quicker than I am. It's oh, good. see, I, like I think I look quicker than I am because I've got shorter legs. Short, and they have choppy to move steps. A, yeah, they have to move a lot faster. We're both working optical illusions. Here. Yeah, I love it. It's amazing. Uh, all right, gambling on either baby Astro here, Joshua James or Forrest Whitley. Uh, uh, I yeah, this is. <laughs> let, let, let me give you two scenarios. One, NFBC, so you have to put them on one of your seven reserves and just hold. Two, a little bit more open. Let's say, um, you know, a deeper situation where it's either just a deeper 
reserve roster or they have an NA slot where you could put Park a Whitley um, or, you know, something like that. Because James should be pitching out of the bullpen, right? It's not like he's going to go. I don't think he's slated to go on the DL. But is he going to go on the DL? I would assume he would. Is he not? I mean, like, why would they? Why would they have? Why not just shut him? They've got the depth in the rotation to just shut him down. Well, he is. I mean, he's working through the strained quad, but I, I, I thought like once he came back, he just was going to ramp up and jump in the bullpen. And that's why he was out of consider. Okay, well, if he goes on the DL, then that that other scenario with the NA for Whitley would also have DL for James. So take it both ways. I'll take Whitley. NFBC. Okay. At least we know when he comes up, what his role is going to be. Who would you would you take him in NFBC though, and just park him? No, I'm I, I I don't I don't think I would. So James in NFBC, you have to take one in NFBC. No, I don't have to. I'm making you in this scenario. Okay, I guess I'm taking James. My guns back. But that's stupid. I brought my, I brought my gun I'd back. rather I'd rather have Matt Strom. Of course, because he's going to pitch and he's yeah. awesome. And he he's the next person we're talking. He's about. next. Yeah, same pick. way. A pick a reliever to starter conversion. Matt Strom. Or whoever wins the Brewers' fifth, which is Corbin Burns or Brandon Woodruff. And you can say who your favorite is between those two, but let's just say there's a theoretical world where you get to change if you pick the wrong one in your draft. Who would you rather have between Strom and whoever wins that job between Burns and Woodruff? I'm going to say Strom because I think he'll get the longest leash. Because while San Diego, I think, is a kind of a dark horse to compete for a playoff spot, like who do they have behind Matt Strom? that's going to replace him if he struggles a little bit. Uh, the Brewers, uh, they they are competing for a playoff spot. They have a couple different options, including whichever one you don't pick between mm-hmm. Burns and Woodruff. Uh, I like all three guys, though, and I, I do have shares of all three guys. Same. So uh, that being said, uh, I, I wouldn't mind, especially considering where all of them are going, uh, like one of these guys likely ends up on my main event team. And one of them probably likely ends up on my my tout team. Full agree on on both actually, um, as I will be in tout this weekend and then main event down the line. Of course, my my situation will be more clear, and it, that actually could be unfortunate because the uh, the prices could go up uh, for my main event at the end of the month. So you're actually getting in at a time when things could, should remain cheap on on all three of them really, especially with the uncertainty between Burns and Woodruff. Um, all right, pick another reliever to start a conversion, but this time Astros edition. Brad Peacock or Colin McHugh? I I, I'm, I have been always and will continue to be a Brad uh, Peacock uh, uh, truther. And it, I don't it, blame it, you. It, is, it was so sad to me when they moved him out of the rotation and into a relief role. I love the fact that he's getting a shot here because of the James injury. I think he's one of those guys that – Listen, there's going to be some risk because if they if James comes back healthy, they may just go okay, Pe- uh, Peacock back to the back to the bullpen with you, or uh, they may decide okay, Forrest Whitley is just dominating in AAA. There's nothing else for him to do. He's we've gotten the extra year service time back. You know we've seen Peacocks be successful. Like Peacock could be successful in the rotation and still get sent back to the bullpen. Um, right. That being said, so could McHugh. And I think Peacock has a higher upside. Uh, we've seen but him excel as a starter. Don't uh, they seem to like McHugh better? Yeah, I, they do. I don't know why. Like it just. I feel you. I like, I think if. But I mean, look, let me let me be clear. I'm with you that I like Peacock. I don't hate McHugh though. I don't think he's some 
garbage. I don't think back. he's garbage. Like, I, he, he could be really good as well. It's just I am surprised that it's all McHugh, 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 and Peacock's just kind of like, eh, if we have to. Like, why should I feel like they both should be getting similar love. That that's that's the case I'm making, not necessarily one substantially over the other. I think they feel that Peacock can be more dominant in these two, three inning stretches out of the bullpen, whereas McHugh, if he he goes back in the bullpen, he's a long man. Yeah. And so you get kind of this this more dynamic player back in the bullpen if you keep McHugh in the rotation, if you're going to send one of them out. So I think the safer bet is McHugh and the upside play is Peacock. Yeah, I think that's the the right way to put it. That's the right way to put it with those two Astros there. Uh, are you looking at either of them? Well, Peacock, are you looking at him for main event as well? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he'll Would be. you boil it down to one of Strom, a Brewer, or Peacock, or would you get multiples? I would get multiples. I don't have a problem with that, especially because, I mean, at this point in a main event draft, we're talking about guys who may be cycling in and out of my team to begin with. So, you know, if I catch fire with them, uh, awesome. You know, they, they've turned into a, a mainstay on my team. But these are also guys that I could be, you know, cycling in and out, uh, you know, uh, on through fab, onto waivers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I think that all, that all works there. Uh, we're, we're hustling through here toward the end. Pick an injury-riddled giant. Jeff Samarja, Derek Holland, or Drew Pomeranz. Colin, healthiest of the bunch after last year, but uh, obviously still has concerns. So which of those three do you want? Oh, this, uh, this one's not close for me. It's my boy. It's, it's Shark. Samarja. It's Samarja, who yeah. looks good right now in spring training, looks healthy. Uh, I don't want anybody to remember this, but I'm going to remind them. I had Jeff Samarja as a top 25 pitcher going into last year. <laughs> I know. And if there is one player I'm going to have more shares of than Jimmy Nelson, it's Jeff Samarja. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm right back on board. That doesn't mean I dislike Derek Holland, and it totally means I dislike Drew Pomeranz. Um, Drew Pomeranz is garbage, and can we stop trying to make him a thing? Uh, that being said, it is a really nice. It's the first time Drew Pomeranz is like getting to pitch full time in a, in a really nice yeah. park. So this will be the year he he really puts it all together somehow. Uh, that being said, if he does put it together, the Giants will trade him immediately, and he'll lose the, those really nice park factors that'll hide the weaknesses. Uh, but no, Jeff Samarja is number one. Derek Holland is definitely worthy of a spot considering where he's going. But it, it's Shark for me. The the the. The ability to make a huge jump in value is, is shark. I to- I totally agree with that. I I could see a scenario where I'd take any of the three. Like I'm not out on on Pomeranz the way you are, um, and Holland. But like, why? I think he, why aren't you out on Pomeranz? Like what? Because he what could in- follow. He could follow Holland, Holland's path. We're not that far removed from back to back strong years from Pomeranz, and not in a park like this. Like, not even close. It was in freaking Boston. I mean, part of it was in um, San Diego. But, you know, back-to-back 332 ERA seasons, one with a good whip, the other with a a poor whip, 118 and 135 respectively, uh, a strikeout per inning for 170-plus innings in each of them. And that was just in 16 and 17. Last year was a full-on dud. But why can't he be this year's Holland? Of course he can. Of course he can. So all three uh, have some viability and I, I, I'm with you on Shark. I would, I don't do think we know you had what, him ranked do we know as high as Pomeranz's velocity is. 
Like that's a big deal to me. If you see For sure. A, I don't I don't know what it is, but I agree that it it, it definitely matters. I'll have to when check you, with Jeff and uh, and see what he says because uh, when his velocity drops below ninety miles an hour like it did last year, he just it's, it's even though it's stuff. coming from the left hand side, it's it's not gonna play well. And that is yeah, a it, I mean it's a better park, but it's still a tough division. You don't get to play yourself. I know, and you have to go to Coors and, and the Dodgers. And, and Arizona still got some pop in that lineup, and San Diego's improving. It's it's not a cakewalk division. I agree. I agree. But half your games are in that ballpark. Holland, by the way, also having a great spring. So it looks like he's, you know, he could be following up what he did last year. Don't don't sleep on him. So I'll go Samarja Holland Gap Pomeranz, but that's what the pricing structure is too. So it's not like I have to, you know, I'm I'm talking like literally last pick in like an NFBC for Pomeranz. Like right. he, he costs nothing. And, and yeah, huh? like like I said with with uh, uh, somebody, um, you know, these are guys that you can be cycling in and out of your team. Yeah, and Samarja so. doesn't cost much either. He's he's three forty five, and uh, Pomeranz is even cheaper than that at three sixty one. I don't know what the Giants' schedule starts off as. I know it ends really, really, really tough. Like the last two months, of the Giants' schedule is atrociously tough, which makes me think that the beginning may be easy. So maybe these are guys you want to invest in with your last few picks. Kind of take those easy starting schedules and then ditch them as the schedule gets tough in August and September. It's uh, immediately at seven on the road, four at San Diego, four or three at LA, um, off day, and then they host Tampa Bay. So, you yeah, know, maybe not that easy. It's not a devastating schedule, but it's not, certainly not super easy to start. But yeah, that, that's just that's just the first. At least the road about. starts aren't bad parks. Exactly. It's not exactly. like they're on oh. the road at Colorado. Yeah, those are the Giants there. Uh, pick a Royal, Brad Keller, Jacob Junis. I believe Brad Keller was just named the opening day starter too, by the way, if that influences you at all, which would be weird if it did. It would not, um, especially considering I took him last night without knowing that information. Um, I, I see some interesting skills there. I don't like Jake Junis. Uh, and he's, uh, I mean, he's going to be in that rotation. It's a really nice park. It's a really poor division. I think that we could see uh, a little bit of a step forward for for Brad Keller uh, this year, and I'm not saying like he's gonna have like a like, he's not gonna like, deliver his his you know 308 ERA from last year, but a mid threes ERA with six strikeout per nine, seven strikeout per nine, yeah, uh, is is totally fine at this point. Okay, okay, yeah, I mean. He does have that nice ground ball rate, and that certainly defense behind uh, him is good. Yeah, that certainly helps things there with uh, with Brad Keller, Jacob Junis. Man, I mean, he's in that Pineda, even like Beaver class, um, and a lower end iteration of it too. It just gives up so many dang homers. It's just so hard to trust at all. Like I just don't feel confident um, that I'm not going to get tanked, and that's the problem too. Is because then I need you know, four starts to clear off that that dud because his duds are are mega duds. He doesn't just have a, a a tough outing for Junis. He gets pummeled, and I just I can't I can't deal with it. So I'm out I'm out on him for the most part. Keller a little bit more in on. Neither am I really chasing it in any capacity. And finally, pick a Braves youngster. Tuki Tucson, Tuki Tucson. 
uh, Luis Gohara, Michael Soroka, or Chris Wilson? Well, neither Gohara or Soroka are going to be on the opening day rosters. So mm-hmm. they would be a stash situation with injury risk. I don't know how much I like that idea. As much as I love both of them as uh, pitchers in general, the, their situations heading into 2019 are not something I want to mess around with too much. Uh, I love Tukey. I think I'm going to go Tukey here, but I have no problems. And I think I did take Bryce Wilson actually last night in my draft. So uh, with maybe like my last pick or one of my last picks. Okay. So I like both both uh, Tukey and Bryce Wilson. Yep, I I agree. Um, I think I agree yep. all, all across the board round last night. Bryce I like Toussaint. Uh, I would love to see him be able to develop and stick in the rotation. I I don't. I'm not projecting that right now. If if you're if you're telling me to put a long term range on him, it, it is bullpen for me until I see some some improvements to but make me think otherwise. The injuries in that rotation right now have are going to give open him the a door. Spot. Yes, and they, so they, he's going to get his opportunity, and that stuff. You know, we're not talking drastic changes away from making it work. It's a tweak or two, uh, and all of a sudden, would I be surprised if, if Toussaint was going off? No. Like, he's nasty. He's absolutely disgusting we, we've with seen, stuff. We've seen people with less achieve more. Absolutely. That's a great way to put it, and we'll cap it with that. There's SP2. We could not talk about every SP. There's no possible way. I'm sure we forgot some folks that, that you're interested in. You can always hit us up on Twitter. That's at Spore, at Justin Mason, FWFB. Justin, we'll probably try to finagle one more in before we head out to New York, but if not, we'll yeah, do something. Yeah, we'll see. I yeah, don't we'll, we'll know. See. You know what we should do is try to do a secret podcast where oh. we talk about what our plans are for Tout and then not release it until we get back. That's a fantastic idea. So, so we'll talk about doing it. Well, when do you go you, out? Uh, I leave Thursday night, so I could okay. uh, do Thursday. Thursday afternoon. Yeah, Thursday morning, Thursday afternoon. It just, it will have to play it by year because of uh, I'm pulling my kid from daycare. Today's the last day I'm letting my kid go to daycare, so okay. Uh, I'm just doing it so I could record with you, and so we'll have to kind of uh, record around nap time. That sounds good. We'll definitely get that figured out, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>